0: This series will shine a light on the shifting dynamics of governmental entities and the ensuing changes in economic or political policies, laws, and regulations that can have a critical impact on the health and future of your business. So hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Holiday Night Policy and Regulatory Group podcast, Eyes on Washington, in partnership with the Black Women's Health Imperative and Bluebird Bio. We welcome you to our third podcast in a four-part series on sickle cell disease. I have my two co-pilots with me today, Sonia with Bluebird Bio, as well as Tammy Boyd with um, Black Women's Health Imperative. So we're going to jump right in. I'm really excited about this particular podcast. I'm a huge football fan. And we have a special guest with us, um, a gentleman by the name of Ty Montgomery and he is, has sickle cell trait. He's a wide receiver on special teams for the New Orleans Saints of the NFL. And also joining us is Dr. Angelica Chawla, Senior Medical Director in Medical Affairs at Bluebird Bio and a practicing pediatric hematologist oncologist of 20 years at Hasbro Children's Hospital in Providence, Rhode Island. A professor of pediatrics at the Alpert Medical School at Brown University. Welcome to you both. Thank you, Dr. Anju. And Ty for joining us today. So Ty, I would like to talk to you a little bit about um, sickle cell trait. What have been some of the challenges that you faced playing professional football while having sickle cell trait?
1: Uh, yes, thank you for having me on. Um, by the way, um, I guess the the most apparent challenge for me is sometimes I have I struggle keeping up with other guys um, when it comes to workouts. Uh, I fatigue faster, a lot faster. Um, And I, when I do reach my my peak, um, I reach a level of like my body shuts down quicker than everyone else. So not only do I fatigue quicker, but once I do fatigue, my performance, my my optimization levels will actually drop very quickly. Um, And that's been a challenge for me. Um, It seems like a lot of my the the hardest part of my workouts is preparing for my workout just making sure that i have enough fluids that i eat enough hydration and that i sleep enough um a lot of guys you know especially in college they go out they drink they can stay up till four o'clock in the morning and then go get a workout in and it's not a big deal but my body will quite literally shut down if i do those things and so for me it's it's just preparing for a workout um and just making sure that I don't fatigue but it's it's a challenge because I will fatigue quicker and my body will shut down.
0: Wow, well, so can you share with us when you found out that you had sickle cell trait? Um I know for instance just personally my husband and my daughter have sickle cell trait, but it was my understanding that that didn't really mean anything. It was like, "Oh, you have the trait, but you're in good you're good because you don't have the disease." But just hearing your story, clearly that's not the case. So I I would love to hear when you found out. And was it through sports or when you were a child?
1: Um, It was definitely through sports. And I found out when I was in college. And when I I found out, it made sense. Um, I was blessed enough to have a training staff and a team of doctors like I had at Stanford that wanted to test um, the Black kids on the team and educate us about what this means and what this is. When I was in high school, I was hospitalized twice for for full body cramps. And my body would still cramp, even if I drank three or four Pedialyte before the game. I mean, my pee would be clear, but my body would still cramp, And I would get in trouble by my high school coaches. And I just always felt like it was my fault, something I was doing wrong and I couldn't understand. But once I was told I had the trait, then it all made sense to me. And I'm thankful that um, the people at Stanford educated me and they they really helped me a lot because it is more than just drinking enough water or making sure you're hydrated before the game and checking the color of your pee. You really, you have to sleep, you have to eat, you really have to live a different lifestyle in order to perform consistently.
0: Well, Dr. Andrew, I see you shaking your head. Um, is this something that you, This sounds familiar to you. You hear a lot of this, particularly being a pediatric doctor.
2: Yeah. So again, um, especially in my earlier days when we didn't have newborn screening, um, many of my folks didn't know they had sickle cell trait or sickle cell disease and went off to play a sport. And again, we have stories of some of our kids who say their teammates just felt that they were weak. They, They didn't belong there. Why were they trying to keep up? And it's one of the questions that I actually have for Ty, which is, you know, once you found out that you had sickle cell trait, were you ever guided um, to not play sports or football? And how did you respond to that? Because my belief is everybody should have a shot and you don't know what your body can do until you try, but would love to hear what you said, what you heard and how you responded.
1: uh i I guess i'm just blessed because i never had any coaches at stanford once i found out tell me not to do or not to play or try to limit me the only thing that was done is they put a program in place for guys with sickle cell trait and like i said they educated us so we all knew that not every case or every guy would be the same our triggers would be different and our body's response to um exertion would be different so it was up to us to buy into the process and really listen to our bodies and do what was what was right for for ourselves and i did everything i could to listen because i wanted to play and i wanted to keep up but i will say it was definitely tough and i tried my best not to talk about it because i didn't want my teammates to look at me differently
0: wow so i was wondering um or tammy did you have any questions Um, For Ty or Dr. Andrew,
3: Ty, can you talk to us a a little bit about your work with your your foundation, um, the Be the March campaign, and the National Donor Match Foundation, um, and why is it so important to you to encourage people to join the registry to help fight sickle cell disease um, and leukemia?
1: Yeah, I just want to get rid of the stigma that's like behind it. I don't. I don't want any any black kids to be or feel limited by anything that's going on um, within their body that's out of their control um and on top of that once once i was once i learned and i was educated i know i'm like beating that word to death but i think it's i think it's really important to be educated um that like black blood is good for black blood and I i don't think a lot of us really understand that and i wanted to do my part to donate um in any way i can to try to not only potentially help someone, but also encourage others to to help each other.
2: Thanks, Ty. And that is such, it's so true. Um, when most of blood donors, as well as bone marrow donors that are out there in the registry of our, are of Caucasian descent. And so when trying to find a match, it makes a lot of sense to have folks of either African-American descent or of any color to really uh, be involved in the registry to open up that pool of donors for people to have a match and that's one right now bone marrow transplant is one of the only known cures for sickle cell disease so having that matched pool is so so important and people of color need to step up and they need to donate blood and they need to register to be able to donate marrow it's so important
0: well you know thank you dr inju um ty you know, you have colleagues in the league and given the statistics, I would imagine there has to be other um, players that have sickle cell trait or sickle. So I don't know, maybe there's some with sickle cell disease. I would find that to be incredible. But, you know, do you all have a community within the NFL?
1: Unfortunately, no, like I wouldn't call it a community. I do know of some guys with sickle cell trait, but I don't think it would be a bad idea to create a community so that we can help one another. I had a teammate who who has Trey and he really struggled and he saw the way I was able to perform. And so he had every question in the book on why I was able to perform and why he couldn't. And he was just never educated on how he really has to live a different lifestyle. Um, and it goes beyond you know, I drank a liter of water before, or I I felt hydrated before, I mean, it even boils down to stretching and body maintenance and preparing your muscles to exert themselves. It's not enough to just think you have drank enough to be hydrated. And your diet also has to be different. And most importantly, uh, like my strength coach at Stanford used to say, you also have to sleep hydration as well your body's ability to recover comes from the amount of sleep and REM sleep and all of that scientific stuff that, that's beyond, that goes into you know um, sleep studies. So um, anytime I get the opportunity to do that, I definitely take advantage of it because there's a lot of talented individuals who either feel limited mentally or physically that just aren't able to perform because they don't know.
0: Wow, that would be awesome. Um, thank you for your leadership. Um, it just seems to me that because it's something that is so prevalent in our community, that um, hopefully there will be an opportunity for there to be a community, and you know, special doctors or you know, consultants that can provide additional support for you all as your, um, you know, your body is what allows you to do what you do at such a high level and a level of excellence. So. Um, thank you for your willingness to get out here and educate folks, particularly young children. Um, you know, do you what kind of advice would you give a kid who is seeking to play sports and is diagnosed with sickle cell trait?
1: Uh, I would say don't be alarmed. Um, the way I try to explain it is I don't even like using the word disability, but I know that's that's the word that they use in school it's it's like that kid who has a learning disability. So he goes to extra office hours and he gets um, he gets like extra assignments or extra time on a test or whatever that may be. That's literally like I have to carry that over into my body. So I have to take an extra 15 minutes pre practice to prime my muscles to prime my body. I have to go to bed an hour or two earlier, or I have to be sure that I take an extra nap, or I have to be mindful of what I'm eating. So it's just all about just going the extra mile and not cutting any corners so that your performance can be optimized. Um, we do not have the luxury, we sickle cell trait, do not have the luxury of, oh, I pulled an all nighter last night and I didn't sleep and it's not a big deal. I'll just go to work out and I'll power through because powering through could be a hospitalization, it could mean rhabdomyolysis, it could mean full body cramps. It could mean pulling a hamstring that you normally wouldn't pull. So I would just say um, you got to be really diligent and disciplined. And that's the advice that I would give.
0: Wow. And that's advice really that most athletes should be doing if they want to have a long career, particularly in football. (laughs) Like um, those are like steps they should be taking regardless. Um, But I know Tammy wanted to um, follow up with a few questions as well.
3: Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, that, you know, it's great, great advice, Ty. And I know one of the things we are partnering with Ty in terms of just educating around sickle cell. But one of the, um, you know, in the future, we plan to work on potentially pulling together a, sort of a resource guide for uh, for individuals playing sports around sickle cell and sickle cell trait. So, but Ty's just been an, an excellent advocate and really educating the community and working in partnership with Black women's health and parents. And and, and Dr. Andrew, can you just break down
0: for us a little bit the difference between sickle cell disease and sickle cell trait?
2: So with sickle cell disease, it means that you have uh, two copies of a gene in the hemoglobin gene, which is a protein that carries oxygen um, through the blood. And it actually is what's in red blood cells to make them red. Um, But you have two copies of that gene. And with folks with those two copies of that gene, all the the hemoglobin that they make is abnormal and it functions fine, it works well, unless the oxygen levels go low. Um, And oxygen levels can go low when you're at high altitudes or if you're scuba diving, if you're doing extreme athletics, if you are um, having an infection or a fever, or you you actually get dehydrated, which is why we emphasize hydration so much. So when the oxygen comes off, then the hemoglobin stacks on itself and causes um, sickling of the red cell. And that red cell, that sickling red cell is what can get stuck in the muscles. It can get stuck in the bone. And that's where the pain can come from. And that's where cramps can come from. When you have sickle cell trait, instead of having two copies of that gene, you only have one copy and you have one normal copy. So with that being the case, only half of the hemoglobin in the red cell is actually sickle and the other is normal. So in that case, the amount of breakdown that those cells go through is much, 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 much less. It used to be that we would call this a carrier state where the gene itself didn't cause problems or disease in the person unless it was paired with another gene. So this is, because it's part of the genes, this is a genetic disease. So two people with sickle cell trait come together and they have a child that has two copies of S genes then that child will have sickle cell disease. If they get the copies of the normal genes, then what you may see then at that point is a, um, what they call AA or normal, where they don't, don't have a child with no carrier. But there's a two out of four chance that the children would also carry sickle cell trait. So that's the difference. I will say that sickle cell trait is no longer being looked at as something that is not um, is completely benign and only a carrier state. Because like with everything else, There's a spectrum and most people with sickle cell trait have no problems. They don't notice anything. They, they get on their lives with no problems. But when people are really pushing their hemoglobin to the limit, such as an athlete at this level, then it can cause problems. And so it's one of those things that you have to prevent, to prevent those problems. You really have to take some extra steps to keep that hemoglobin oxygenated. So it doesn't sickle. Oh,
0: that's very helpful. Um because as you just stated, I always thought it was kind of a benign state, like, oh, you have the trait, but you don't have anything to worry about. And that's kind of the approach I took with my daughter. Like, oh, she's fine. She just has the trait. But, you know, we've been fortunate enough this last year um, that there's been so much more education. There was a series in the New York Times on sickle cell, and sickle cell disease. And that's when I realized like, oh, maybe I should pay a little bit more attention to this. Um, she's a ballerina. I don't know if she's putting out as much exertion as you are on the field tie, but, um, I'll definitely continue to keep watch. Um, the other question, Sonia, I thought you may have a question or two that you wanted to, to address.
4: Sure. And I wanted to, um, also compliment and, um, give tremendous, um, applause and praise to you, Ty, for all that you're doing. I know one of your mottos is living to love or live love. And- I I just think all that you're doing in regards to helping educate and use your voice and and use your status as a tremendous football player to help educate folks on sickle cell trait and sickle cell disease really needs to be recognized. So just wanted to thank you for that. And thank you for your positive life message. And I think you started your own podcast too. So it's kind of almost like who doesn't have a podcast now? I I mean, I even am allowed to be on one. So apparently everybody, if I'm on one, everybody can be on one, but I just wanted to say thank you. So I also did want to ask you, Anju, for all the work that you're doing, obviously through Bluebird, and then as a practicing pediatric hematologist, kind of what do you see on the horizon? I think we finally have seen there's been some you know, improvements and some new treatments available for people with sickle cell, which are helping address their quality of life. But I think there's quite a few things potentially on the horizon and potentially some curative treatments. So we'd love to hear a little bit more about that from the medical perspective if you can give it to us in a layman's term.
2: We're learning a lot more about sickle cell trait. Um, it's one of those things that I want to echo what Ty is saying, as far as it's important to know that you have trait, it's important to make the changes and do what you need to do to keep yourself healthy, as well as understanding what you can pass on to your children. Um, And just to be aware, it's again, it's not a life sentence, it's not a terrible thing to have. But there's things that you can do to make your life better for longer. For sickle cell disease, where you have two copies of that S gene, folks have a lot more difficulty and at a much younger age. And what's been really exciting that um, Sonia's pointing out too is that there's been so many advancements over the last 10 to 15 years, um, but they were really focused on newborn screening, education, immunizations. And then we had one drug, hydroxyurea, that came out to increase alternate types of hemoglobin to help dilute out that hemoglobin S. What's been really exciting is that over the last three years, there's been finally new medications that really direct against different aspects of sickle cell disease that have come about, Um, and these are ongoing medications. Other advancements that are happening as well are things like bone marrow transplant. We're getting um, much more understanding many more people are undergoing bone marrow transplants. There's been advancements in preventing complications of transplants, such as graft-versus-host disease. And so there's a lot more hope about using transplant for curing sickle cell disease. And then finally, again, with what Bluebird Bio is working on, as well as other companies, as well as other academic sites, is gene therapy for sickle cell disease. And in this case, what we do is we take the blood stem cells, the cells that are in the bone marrow that make red cells, and actually change genes to counteract that hemoglobin S gene. And when that happens, stem cells, you put them back into the body. Um, and when you do that, hopefully, the idea is, what's under study, is what's, um you'll get um, and again a healthy red blood cell forming out of those blood stem cells. And hopefully with that, we can either turn people to having no sickle cell disease and maybe even shifting them into a more of a carrier state uh, at this point in time. So that's kind of the hope. There's so many things that are happening for sickle. Um, This is the right time. And this is the right time for everybody to become more aware of both sickle cell trait and sickle cell disease and what's out there and what can be done.
3: Thank you again, Ty, for, for your partnership and collaboration. And if folks want to learn more information about um, sickle cell um, and also BWHI, you can go to www.bwhi.org. And
4: I'll triple echo everybody's um, praise of you, Ty, and your, your leadership, because I do think it's so important, critically important, especially for young people who obviously look up to you and can see that there's all these opportunities and things they can still do, despite whether they have sickle cell trade or an actual disease. Uh, I also love our partnership with BWHI and the work we're doing there and their leadership and trying to help address health inequities and particularly for the people with sickle cell. And if you want to learn more, I'll send you to spark Well, thank you,
0: Sonya. And Ty, since you do have a podcast, we'd love for you to shout it out so our listeners can (laughs) go check you out when they have a free moment
1: oh man i was not expecting this at all but if anybody's interested i do have a podcast with my friend my brother who's also my pastor um it's called thou shout catch these hands um what happens when i turn the other cheek and we have a lot of fun doing it it's just normal conversations that we would have and we decided to record them And we just try to bring scripture into the everyday life, into today's time, and just try to make it relevant. So we talk about anything and everything. Nothing's off the table. We are Christians, but we are not Jesus himself. So we talk about it because we have a life to live.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much um, for all that you do and just sharing um, your commitment to helping make sure that others live a healthy life. Thank you for listening to the Eyes on Washington podcast brought to you by Holland and Knight's Public Policy and Regulation Group. For more information on our Public Policy and Regulation Group, please visit hklaw.com ppr.